KXNO. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. Good morning and welcome in once again. Miller and Condon on the air with you here on a Monday. And oh, how things have changed over the uh, past three days after we last talked to you, taking off the airwaves at noon. Trent Condon joined by Ken Miller. And Ken, well, you're coming to us live from the fold lines here this morning as uh, the world continues to change and revolve around us. Fill everybody in. Let everybody know the decision that you made and one that I completely understand you're going to be doing this and going to be doing it from the confines of your home. Yeah, Trent, and thank you for, uh, obviously, for carrying me for the next few weeks, however long this is. And I mean, I, I just want a little bit more clarity on this. Uh, and, and thank you to, you know, everybody at, at iHeart and Des Moines that uh, when I, you know, let them know um, some yesterday, some today, that, you know, what I was planning on doing, I, I'm going to self-isolate, Trent. I'm kind of, um, I've been following this for the last, as you know, for the last three or four weeks. Mm-hmm. And when it seemed like, uh, you know, it was it was an alarmist kind of take in the beginning and no one wanted to hear it, uh, I think it's here. Um, you know, I think that, you know, in my case, my wife's case, we're both over 60. Although I think, sadly, as we're going to see as more data comes out, that, you know, it's more than just the, you know, the elderly, if you will. And I don't consider myself elderly, but, you know, getting up there and, it's just, I think it's a time for everybody to just use whatever precautions they can. And if we, Cindy and I, can, you know, stay in our home in Anthony and not add to potentially statistics because seemingly, and, you know, thank God for these healthcare workers that, you know, get up every day and go to work and are going to continue to do so. But I think that this, uh, the, their world is significantly going to change here in the, in the weeks ahead. And, you know, I saw something early on Saturday morning that this apparently is the week, you know, when they talk about the, the curve that everybody's trying to bring down the curve, that this is the week as critical as any, because now we have testing out there and we're starting to see that just how much community spread has happened throughout the country. And if we can do our part, and I'm certainly going to try and do mine, and, you know, it's going to put a burden on you, and, I, and I'm grateful to you for you know, for um, realizing uh, that uh, that I am scared about this. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to stay home and uh, help uh, do the first segment with you. You know, it's, it's going to be a difficult time for everybody, and everybody's got to make their own decisions and certainly get through this uh, how they feel is best. And sadly, some of their decisions are going to be made for them, I think, because, you know, when you see the casinos close in Nevada, Trent, right. I mean, come on, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, the strip is closing down for crying out loud, uh, and schools across the country are closing down, and it's just, there's going to be more of that. I mean, restaurants, bars, St. Patrick's Day for crying out loud. That's got to be one of the busier days for service industry workers uh, at, and at any time throughout the, the calendar year. And, you know, that's gone away for the most part. And a lot of these, a lot of these, Chicago, no St. Patrick's Day. New York, likewise. Bars are closed, so... Uh, we're going to do, uh, Cindy and I are going to self-isolate and, and hopefully avoid this thing. Did you guys get stocked up? You got everything ready to go? Is it, I mean, you're going to, you told me you're still going to go for your walk every morning. You're still going to get yeah. some fresh air and do those types of things. But you got the pantry all loaded up and you're good to go? 
No, we really, we kind of do and we kind of don't. I mean, Cindy's not a pack rat, but she's, you know, she, that's the type of person she is, uh-huh. right? She seals, she's a sale. It's not like we, you know, in advance of this, went and took all the toilet paper off the shelf. Yeah, the big goodness. Done, we've done that months ago. <laughs> not, <laughs> no, they're not off the shelves, but we filled up. That's just the type of person, you know, that I'm married to, gratefully. Um, so, no, but I did, I mean, I went shop, we were out shopping on Saturday morning and certainly busy and, was no toilet paper at the high V. Not that I was looking. I just went down there more of a curiosity factor mm-hmm. just to see that aisle. And, you know, like many places, they were out. But I think stores and, you know, you feel bad for these people that work in stores, dealing yeah. with the public. All There's nothing that they can do. So um, it's we're all in this together, right? We're all in this together. And we will uh, find a way. And, and hopefully the uh, predictions, the forecasts that are out there are going to be proven wrong but sadly, I feel that um, that they're going to be proven right. Yeah, I think it's going to be certainly worse before it gets better here. And we're talking about, you know, when we were talking even last week, and when I finally jumped aboard with you and understanding the severity that this could be and just how difficult it could be, it was still, to me, weeks, maybe six weeks, but, but it was weeks for me. That might even be short-sighted. I mean, you mentioned eight weeks is is what uh, the they're talking about right now for the self. Just staying away, and it's... That's the crazy part about this is the great unknown. So it leads to the other time that there was a great unknown in our country, at least in my lifetime. That was 9-11. I was in college mm-hmm. at the time. It was before I'd started doing anything in the radio industry. I did that a couple years later is when I got started. But you were on the air that time. And thinking yeah. back upon it, we were back to normalcy within a week and a half, two weeks. I mean, yeah, for sure. It, it was slow to develop initially, and it was incredibly, it was much scarier at the first because it was one thing that happened, but this has been a buildup to it, and the length of time I think is going to be so much more different. We had baseball to go back to. Those moments right. of that time and seeing players back there on the field again, and though people were scared and people were nervous about what still could come, it was a completely different circumstance than what we're dealing with right now. There, there's no doubt about it, Trent. It was, it's an entirely different feel. Yeah, we were Bob Dyer and I were on the air um, when when the, we saw the second plane hit. I think we we were a CNN affiliate, which means mm. nothing more than the fact that if we wanted to carry national news, we got the CNN national news at the top of the hour. So knowing that, once the plane, once the second plane hit, and you know, they very quickly realized that the country is under attack. We the, 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 There was a TV in the corner of the studio, and we had a long stick microphone. Um, and what we did is we, we pulled the stick microphone as close to the television as we could. We turned it up loud so the levels were going through on the jock at the time. And we left the radio out of the television on, and we cleared out of the studio until the following Monday. 9-11 was a Tuesday. Mm-hmm. We came back to work on Monday and just lay, played CNN for that entire time. I guess it was a CNN. I'm pretty sure it was CNN. Uh, but regardless of what station it was the, on 9-11. Um, but it, yes, this feels totally different, Trent, because that was so sudden. This has been coming, right? We've, we've, seen, we've seen this kind of gravitating toward the country. And then our knowledge of what was going on around us we seem to get a little bit closer to the fact that just how dangerous this potentially was. So it's it, it's an entirely different scenario. But to your point about baseball coming back, 
Uh, I'll never forget Jack Buck's poem, right? When, yeah. And I think that you and I have played this before yep. at some point. When baseball resumed at the old Bush Stadium and Jack Buck, who was a poet, um, you know, he's, he's obviously people remember him as a broadcaster, but he liked to write poems. And he got, he got out there and uh, I think on the pitching mound at, at Bush Stadium and uh, he had Parkinson's at the time and he was shaking. And uh, But that aside, he read that poem. He opened up his mouth and Jack Buck came out with that with that voice, that distinct voice of his. And the poem just kind of calmed so many, at least it did for me, just made it realize that, you know, we need to get our lives back and back to normalcy, and sports are such a big part of it. And sadly, we're not going to have that for the foreseeable future, I don't think. I mean, the NHL this morning told their players, you know, you can go to your homes, not the, not the homes in the city that they play, but if you're from Russia or Finland or wherever, you can you know, go back there and ride this thing out. I'll be shocked if we have NHL hockey. I'll be shocked if we have the NBA, and I hope I'm wrong. I really and truly do. I think it'd be easier to do the NBA because, you know, ice in July, even though it's indoors, it's not the, <laughs> not the best time to be playing, you know, playing hockey. And um, there's so many things. I mean, will we play Major League Baseball before the 4th of July? I don't know. Nobody knows. It seems less and less likely that... You know, when last week it was May, right? Yeah. Well, we'll be back playing in April. Well, we'll be, you know, we'll, the spring training will start again, then they'll play in early May. Well, that's not going to happen now that we're eight weeks of, you know, no crowds of 50. And when, and when they do uh, flip the switch to live games again, will crowds be allowed to go? But, you know, I know that the NFL has taken a lot of arrows from people that think it's selfish for them to be doing this today. And apparently this was the player's decision. The NFLPA wanted to have free agency. The owners, realizing that this could be a, you know, a bad look when the country's shutting down and they're signing players to multi-million-dollar contracts, that that might not be the best look for their league. But you know what? Selfishly, not just because it gives us something to talk about. Mm-hmm. I think it gives us a little normalcy, and I'm grateful for that. I really am. I'm right there with you, and. This is as deep as I've gotten into NFL free agency in a, well, probably my life. I don't remember a time that I've been this deep inside of it because that's all that is really going on. You know, to your question, are we going to see the NHL? Are we going to see the NBA? I saw Adrian Wojanowski uh, had an article on ESPN.com talking about that. Best case scenario, he says in his, uh, in his article, best case scenario mid to late June before they would be back even on the floor. So, you're talking about a season that would extend into who knows who knows August. what structure. Yeah, is is it going to be? And we're going to play three regular season games or, or four regular season games: two home, two on the way, in front of nobody. Playoffs will start, and it's best of five. It's best of three in the first round. Everybody gets mm-hmm. it. You know, there's so many things, and you know that's something I think we're going to take one of these days if they do come back or they make the decision to come back. What is the best course in our minds? What would make the most sense? What would be? The most fun for us sports fans. Does all 30 teams in the the NBA get in? Does every team in the NHL get in? And you have an opening round where it's one and done. Something like that for the teams that aren't in the top eight, top 16, whatever it is. I mean, there's so many different things that we can talk about and and generate topics about sports in the way that I think would be the most fun for us. And we're definitely going to have time to do that here in the coming weeks and, and probably months. 
No, there's no question about it. Look, I, I saw an article. In my, I'm not sure who wrote it this morning on the NBA, and it, it was kind of along the lines that you were talking about. It's all speculative. Mm-hmm. But if the league runs into August, that puts free agency back. Trent, there was al- already a movement afoot in the NBA amongst at least a small percentage of ownership that they wanted to move the start of the season back. Mm-hmm. They wanted to get away from the NFL. This came out, I think, two weeks ago, within the last couple of weeks. And I'm not sure what owner it was. Well, what I saw in the scenario I'm referring to, championship is awarded in August, then you do your free agency, training camp starts around Thanksgiving, and opening day of the NBA is actually Christmas Day. I mean, we oh, joke about it every yes, year, yeah, right? right? That the NBA is about to start, because that's when you and I... And I think the majority of the sports world were so football crazed that the first time we tune in and actually watch an NBA game, because there's so many other things going on, you know, college basketball's underway, the NFL's doing what they do, um, you know, other winter sports for some people have got their you know full attention, me with my Jets, etc. But if they start on Christmas Day, and my point being is, you know, this might be something that actually moves this timetable up as far as the NBA, I mean, what a perfect way to experiment if this is the way to go, right? Sadly, you know, the circumstances that were were thrust into this scenario, but for them to start on Christmas Day and move their season away from the NFL, they can fill buildings into July and August if they have their playoffs that late. Maybe the calendar changes in sports, and this is what's behind it. Well, you think back, at least for me, and my first memories of the NBA, Lakers versus Celtics in the 80s and those great series, and the Boston Garden, and it was incredibly hot. And they talked about no air conditioning in the building. These guys just drenched in sweat, and they're playing in 9,500-degree temperatures inside the building. It's not the case anymore. These these buildings, there aren't those buildings like that anymore, and you can make it work, and you can make these games that weren't plausible to be played you know, outside of early June, and that's the absolute has to be the end date for this just because of the way the buildings were built. That's not the case anymore. It makes sense for the calendar. This is going to be maybe in the long run, like you said, for the NBA, this is a good thing. And finding that spot in the calendar, that makes more sense. And when you're looking to to build your brand, be the best that you can be as a league, it's going to make sense going forward. Another thing that you brought up last week and another one that I scoffed at is, is this going to impact football season? Is football going to be all good by the time we get started in August with high school football beginning? We have the Navy-Notre Dame game to begin things that first week, week zero, on and on and on. And, and again, that's another one where I said, well, that's way too far in the future. There, there's at least a scenario out there that that even could be pushed back. We're talking about football that, for all intents and purposes, doesn't start until August with training camps and everything else, and that being pushed back. We're worried about spring practice. That now seems so foreign to even worry about that. We're thinking about the actual 2020 season. No, you're, you're 100% right, and, and who knows? I mean, well, there's clearly not going to be camps. There's going to be the rookie camps. There's not going to be the OTAs, you know, like, I mean, the, the NFL, their coaching staff might see their players as a team for the first time sometime in July, right. you know, and, and what's that going to do to the state of play? And no spring practices for, you know, college football all across the country when, you know, some of these guys that have been, you know, took a red shirt year and now are going to be con- uh, counted on to, you know, to take that place of that kid that graduated. And they're not going to get those practices or not have the benefit of those 15 practices uh, back in the uh, in the spring period. So it's going to be different. And, you know, at, at this point, 
you know, I, I remember thinking a week ago that, boy, would, okay, it's only going to be a couple of weeks, but April will be here quickly, and, yeah, we'll muddle our way through it. Mm-hmm. John, I don't think there's any way in heck that uh, April, I mean, the Kentucky Derby, please, that's not, that's not going to be run. Um, you know, so is, what what are we going to do? Here's here's a local one that I thought about yesterday. What's Ragbri going to do? Oh, yeah. I know with- <laughs> it's, out, it's outdoors and everything, but there, there's so many things that we haven't thought of. Um you know, the farmer's markets, we talked about that last week. Mm-hmm. What's Court Avenue farmer's market going to be like? But so many great unknowns right now, and for me, uh, for a lot of people, uh, fear of the unknown, and I certainly find myself there. Well, Ken, as we're going to make our way through these coming weeks and months, and we're going to still be talking about sports. We'll have the newsy items that will still continue to be happening, NBA free agency. The NFL draft is still going to happen in some capacity. That might just be via teleconference, and that's the way right. that picks are phoned in, and we're going to find out that way, and there's still going to be people that are going to talk about it. We're going to speculate. That's still going to happen, but one of the ideas that I mentioned to you last week is deep diving into some of the great teams that we've seen here from the state of Iowa, remembering the Elite Eight team from Iowa State, and of course that mm-hmm. the Michigan State game and how that went down, but going through the season as a whole and getting a player from that team, getting a coach, getting somebody that was part of it, and finding out those stories that we don't know on the surface, that we just can't look at a box score or, or go back and watch the game and remember. We'll get some clips. We'll get some highlights. I want to do that because there are so many great teams, and we just we cursory glance. We mention those games. We mention those teams, but we never take those real deep dive into things, and, and we're going to have the opportunity to do that. I think that's going to be a lot of fun. Talk about some great sports what-ifs. I still, one of the biggest ones for me that I really want to get into deeper is the decision by Greg McDermott, the domino effect that happened, him leaving Iowa State. I I know I've told you this one before, but I think it is one of the greatest ones for our state. Not only does Iowa State get Fred Hoiberg as their coach and and what happened, Mm -hmm. obviously, to that program, what Creighton became. Because if Creighton doesn't get him, when Dana Altman leaves Creighton, if they miss on that, Creighton's not in the Big East. Creighton, right. if they made a bad hire in that one, and all of a sudden that yeah. building, yeah, it's big, but they're only getting 7,000 people. They're not in the Big East currently in its current structure. Of course, when Doug McDermott goes to Creighton, he was committed to UNI. He had signed his letter of intent with the Panthers, yep. fresh yep. off of coming off a Sweet 16 run. Are we talking about the UNI Panthers in the same vein, the Gonzaga <laughs> of the Midwest? I don't know if it's that much of a stretch. You add an All-American for as good as those teams were on top of it, and on and on. The layers that are there. So there's so many different ones of those that we can do. And listeners, reach out to us. Hit us up on Twitter, at I'm Ken Miller, at Trent Condon. You can find us there, at Miller and Condon on Twitter. Sports ideas, topics, whatever it may be, things that you'd like to hear us converse about, you want to dive in, whatever it may be. Love to hear from the people out there what they want to hear during this time, too. No, I think it's a really good idea, and I'm anxious to. I know that you're going to put a lot of work into this, and you're certainly passionate about it. You know, if, you, if you're not passionate about doing anything or what we do, it's, it's going to come across that yeah. uh, uh, your audience is going to be able to pick up on it. But I know you're passionate about it. You, know, you mentioned you and I, and I, before we run out of time, I, I, I want to mention, we, we did have some sports on Friday night, Trent, and uh, I know you were in the building yeah. at Wells Fargo. And you know what? At, at, the, at the end of the day, and there was a lot of back and forth, are they doing the right thing? Should they cancel these games? Um it was great to see them. It really was. Even though you feel bad that, you know, that the, the, the Yankee fan base, the student body wasn't allowed in the building to celebrate with their classmates and obviously Norwalk. And you just brought up you and I. I'd never seen Bowen Bourne play uh, until Friday night. And he didn't have a good night. No, no. Guys. 
right? I mean, he, I think it was one of seven from behind three. But boy, oh boy, Trent, this, this Panthers team with him and Green, that's enough to do. They got a bunch of guys coming back. But my God, this kid's fun to watch. He's incredibly quick. He is a lot more athletic, I think, than even I initially saw. We, we've seen highlights of him going up and, and finishing in traffic over the rim. He's not big. He's maybe 5'11 if, if he's pushing six foot there. And well, that's the reason that he's not at Iowa State. He's not at Iowa. He's at a mid-major initially because of the height there. And even though he didn't shoot it very well, just the way that he can control the pace of a game, the way that he can get guys in right spots. You mentioned him in the backcourt with A.J. Green, just how fun that's going to be over the next couple of seasons for it. And, and Norwalk getting that championship, that was incredible to see. Group of kids that grew up together, group of kids, you know, yeah. small town down there just south of us, and, and what they were able to put together, Larson and Tyler Johnson, two guys that I've mm-hmm. seen for a number of years playing with Bowen Bourne. He's going to be a really nice player. And you're right. To get the, to see the guys out there being inside the building, it was odd. I mean, I, I knew it was going to be walking in there, but it was even just another angle. There was a, a play during the Ankeny Waukee Championship. It was after Ole picked up the technical. And yep, yep. They're going down there, and Braxton Bayless, his dad, played at Iowa State. I know a lot of people remember his dad out there for the Cyclones, and he goes to the free throw line. Dead silence. And just dead silence because the Waukee side, they're a little upset, but you know, there's, there's 65, 70 people actually in attendance in the stands there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're not going to holler anything. Nobody on the other side for Ankeny's obviously saying anything. I mean, just in a building that size. And it's just dead silence. And that's what it was as he steps up there and hits the both free throws. That, to me, was one of the most impactful moments of what was a weird Friday night. Yeah, that's what it sunk in for you. That's interesting. No, look, at this Ankeny team, Trent, it was very apparent watching the game, at least early. And, you know, I don't, I'm not as into the high school stuff as you are, clearly. Mm-hmm. Um, but watching Ankeny, it jumped off the TV screen how much quicker the Hawks were. Than Waukee. I mean, Waukee's clearly a bigger team, mm-hmm. but Ankeny was just so much faster, whether it would be, you know, uh, Bayless, as you mentioned, or Smith, Jordan Come, even the big fella in the middle, 53. What's his last name? Um, uh, Nolan Otten, yeah. Otten. Uh, he had a big three at the end of the basketball game, and DeVries being held off the scoreboard in the in the first half. And But they got some players, though, that, uh, what's his name, Sanford? Mm-hmm. Peyton Sanford, the older of the Sanfords. Um, he's a really nice player, but but good for Ankeny, uh, good for the Iowa High School Athletic Association. You know, fingers crossed, everybody. We don't hear about um, you know one of the people that were in the building that are um, you know inflicted with this godforsaken uh, disease that's going around the world. But I'm glad that they did it, Trent. I am. It was it was a it was an escape on Friday night. Sadly, there's not going to be many more of those. Uh, for the foreseeable future, but I think they made the right decision. I'm glad they went forward with it. And, you know, it was good to see those kids, especially uh, on the winning teams. Obviously, they celebrated their championship. You know, it's going to be something that I know people are going to kind of wonder about going forward. It was the right decision, and we'll see. You know, if this impacts more and more people from these communities and all of a sudden it starts to grow and the coronavirus happens there, there's going to be plenty of second guessing that sec- certainly is going to happen about that there. But I think it was also the Iowa High, S- High School Athletic Association, their thought behind it were these people had been here. They, they had already been inside the building. They had already been right. in contact with each other. And what are you going to, are, are you going to save anybody? Is it going to change the course? 
if you completely shut it down by Thursday, by Friday. And, and that's another thing that is unknown. Overall, these kids got their moment. There's no co-champions. The kids got to play it out there. Right. The parents got to see it. They got to be inside the building at least for that. And I think on the surface, at the very least, that was a great thing. I, I was also very surprised. I was shocked with ESPN programming that they didn't pick up the feed from the Iowa High School Athletic Union Association. Yeah, I I figured maybe the turnaround was too quick or something like that, but Uh I was thinking with that, I know Nebraska was still going on. New Mexico, I think, finished up either Friday or Saturday with their high school championships. They're looking for content. Here's a live game, and I don't know what it takes to flip the switch and get it on. You wouldn't think very much, though. No, that's an interesting point. I know a lot of states did cancel their championship, and I did know that Nebraska... Uh, went on as well. You know, contents. And I spent Saturday afternoon. Well, more than that, I think they came on. I watched uh, the UFC from Brazil from two o'clock until seven thirty. <laughs> and the reason I turned it off at seven thirty is that's when the last fight. Is. So <laughs> I don't know how many fights I watched. Ten of them. Uh, but that's all that was on. I mean, there's nothing going on. And it's a good point. Uh, ESPN. Well, at least one of them. They got so many of them. Right. One of them, you would have thought that they would have picked it up and and flipped the switch for that. But you know, um, who knows? Who knows what's what's coming down? So again, I'm I'm happy that the NFL. They're going to take a lot of criticism. Brace yourself. It's coming. And I know everybody doesn't feel this way. A lot of folks think that the you know they should be shut down. But I just want a little bit of normalcy. And the NFL is going to go forward with their you know their calendar year. We're in the tampering period now. The legal tampering to Wednesday, and then we're going to see guys signing their contracts. We saw Kirk Cousins extend, which gives the Vikings a $10 million uh, cap uh, cap relief this year because they signed him to a, to a two-year extension. Christian Kirksey's a Packer. We're starting to see some of these tags going on, and so at least there are some sports to talk about, and I think in the, in the world we're about to embark on, anything that kind of reminds us of, of normal uh, I think is really going to be appreciated. Yeah, Kirk Cousins' two-year uh, contract extension, the franchise tag for Dak Prescott. We will get into that a whole lot deeper here in the coming days, certainly here on Miller & Connor. Well, Ken, I'm going to let you go. We will talk to you again later here in the program. We'll talk a little bit more, see what's on tap for you uh, the rest of the way, and we'll keep building our way through here the next couple of weeks. Yeah, again, Trent, uh, very grateful to you uh, for you know, for allowing me to get through us the way that I think is um, well is best best for me. So thank you. I appreciate it. No doubt. We'll talk again tomorrow. Thanks, Ken. All right. Take care. Ken Miller coming up here. In fact, we'll talk to Ken a little bit later in the program. He'll drop by one final time at about 1145, and we'll see what else uh, we get into as we take you up until noon. Coming up next, we're going to talk some Hawkeyes. Scott Dockerman from The Athletic is going to be my guest coming up on the other side. Doc had a great article at the Athletic this weekend and uh, talked about Iowa and just the big impact that this meant for Iowa. And that's what we're going to do here is we're we're going to take the sports angle. That's what Ken and I do seemingly each and every day on our program is we are sports heavy. We're not as good at the extra things. We're not as good at pop culture and movies and TV shows and things of the like. Now, that might crop up from time to time, and there's certainly going to be more of that than there normally is, but we're still going to make this a very sports-centric show for you in the coming weeks. With that, we'll talk with Scott Docterman, the impact to Iowa, these winter sports teams, the Iowa wrestling team, on their way looking certainly to be the prohibitive favorite in the NCAA wrestling tournament. Iowa basketball on the men's side getting a chance to get to a Sweet 16 for the first time 
since the 1990s, since 1999 and Dr. Tom's final season. You have that angle and on and on and on. The impact of the University of Iowa, we'll talk about that and a whole lot more. Scott Docterman coming up next from The Athletic. Also to come here in the second hour, Rob Doster from NBC Sports is going to join us. Of course, big college basketball guy. The impact of the NCAA tournament. Who was hurt most from this? And we'll talk about the teams. Of course, Iowa, Luca Garza, the impact there, National Player of the Year, and not getting to see him on the big stage. Obi Toppin and Dayton, a historic season. San Diego State, first Final Four in program history, looked to be a real possibility. That and a whole lot more. Plus, Iona. No, not Iowa. I know that throws you off from time to time. You're looking at the bottom line on ESPN. You see Iona pop up. You think it's Iowa. I've fallen for that too many times in the past. Well, no, Rick Pitino is not going to Iowa. He's going to Iona. Wow. Coming back to college basketball and doing it back near New York City. Going to be fun on that one. Rob Doster will join us also in the 11 o'clock hour. We'll talk some Cyclones with Alex Halstead. That's all to come here on Miller & Condon as we take you up till noon on a Monday. Back with more here. Ken Miller, Trent Condon, Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. Back with you, Miller and Condon, continuing here. 1460 KXNO and now 106.3 FM. Trent Condon. Running solo here for the next little bit. We've got a couple of great guests lined up for you. Starting right now, he is Scott Dockerman with The Athletic, and he joins us on Miller & Condon. Doc, it has been a crazy week. In fact, a week ago when we talked to you last, there wasn't the kind of uh, certainly tenor that is out there right now. Still looked like Big Ten Tournament was going to be good to go. NCAA Tournament, there was a lot of speculation about how this season was going to conclude from Iowa Athletics, and now... Well, it's concluded. It's over. And uh, what a wild week it's been. And I don't even know how to really describe what we just went through and what we're going to go through. I mean, there's so much, that's such a range of emotions that are associated with events like this. You can't just, you know, you have this disbelief and you have this, uh, you know, scariness. And then now it's, you're going to have anger. You're going to have frustration. You're going to have, and it's going to rotate around, and and that's really what I think you're going to get with what we just saw. I mean, it's just, I, I, I mean, I feel for these athletes because they were heading in that direction at the end of the season where everything was going to culminate with, you know, this weekend we would have had wrestling, you know, NCAA basketball, men's and women, and then everybody was that way, not just Iowa, mm-hmm. but you know, just to see it all end so abruptly is really going to be hard to reconcile. So who does this impact the most, most out of the winter sports seasons? I think certainly the easy answer is the Iowa wrestling program finally looking like they have a chance to dethrone Penn State. They'd won, what, seven of the last eight. Ohio State had the one that was happening during this run here. And Iowa was going to go into the wrestling tournament up at U.S. Bank Stadium as a big, big prohibitive favorite to, to take home the title. Yeah, I think you'd probably have to start with wrestling because you just don't get national championships every day and every year. And, and it's been 10 years for Iowa wrestling, so that's what makes it so difficult. This is what everything they had geared for for the last few years was, was to dethrone Penn State, was to get back to that pinnacle. They finally had the team to do it. You had 
you know, one of the greatest wrestlers in Iowa history starting off in Spencer Lee. I mean, he outscored opponents 218 to 18 this year. He had bonus points in 17 out of his 18 matches. He was just an incredible wrestler and, and undefeated and, and would have been dominant there. And, and you know, but then beyond him, because you know what, I think next year he'll probably win the national title again. Mm-hmm. Uh, guys like Alex Marinelli who had a chance to, to win it. Uh, Michael Kemmerer had his final opportunity. He had split with Mark Hall from Penn State during the season and then the Big Ten tournament. They had a really good chance of meeting up in the finals again. Um, Pat Lugo transferred to Iowa a few years ago. Now he's ready to be the you know a national championship or, or at least compete on that Saturday night. There's just so much at stake for that wrestling team. And, and finally to get over that hump would have been – great for tom brands and and for the program and and i, I mean if you want to give them kind of a mythical a national title they deserve it but it's not the same as saturday night in minneapolis with thirty thousand iowa fans screaming and, and there they are crowned as champions there's been talk and it looks like it's going to happen for the spring sports where those athletes that didn't even get their season some of them didn't even start here during the spring that they're going to be granted another year of eligibility i think for men's basketball that would be incredibly difficult but for some of the other sports for a sport like wrestling do you think that could be on the table i think it should be on the table i think everything should be on the table at this point and and really you know you've got it's strange because you do have for for basketball and even for wrestling you have people who whose seasons never were completed um and you know it's like take the difference between nebraska and basketball and and uh, even minnesota uh which beat it um you know nebraska their season was over they weren't going anywhere do, do those players deserve an extra year of eligibility probably not but minnesota had that outside chance and then you look at iowa who was definitely going to the ncaa tournament do, do does a uh, ryan creener deserve that opportunity uh for a waiver you know at wrestling you know you you have athletes whose seasons have already been completed they probably don't deserve an extra year, but then the ones like uh, um, you know Spencer Lee probably do deserve an extra year. So it's it's going to be complicated. There's going to be a lot of waivers. If I was the NCAA, I would probably say anybody whose season was still alive, you have the opportunity to apply for it. I'm sure most would, a majority would probably take them up on it. And then there's some that say, you know what, I'm only a partial scholarship athlete, or I'm just going to get on with my life and. and but I think you should allow everybody to make that oper- that make that choice for themselves, given what this current environment entails. Yeah, you, you mentioned that that partial scholarship, and that very well could be something that's impactful. You got a job lined up after you finish, and say, "I'm going to go start it. I would love to have another season of eligibility and go through it one more time." But you know what? Time to go out there in the real world, start making money. You certainly understand the impact of that. Luca Garza going to be an interesting one too. What could have been now the National Player of the Year awards are still going to be handed out. In fact, many of them already have been from different publications and the like here. But Luca Garza, there's more to it than just that. Getting Iowa to the second weekend, getting to a Sweet 16, getting Iowa to even the the semifinals of the Big Ten Championship tournament, something that hasn't happened under Fran McCaffrey. There's still a ton of that that was out there for Luca Garza, and even. Though people knew him on a national stage, it's different. That NCAA tournament pub goes so far. It does. It, it builds legacies, and he had a tremendous season. And everybody in the Big Ten knew it. They appreciated it. Uh, you know, he was he was impactful. He, he scored at a 
level that we hadn't seen in, in close to 30 years. But I think that there's, uh, you know, you kind of live through March in basketball. That That's where your legacy is born. It doesn't really matter what you did in the other four to five months. It matters what you do in the next couple of weekends. And and that would have been a great opportunity for him to showcase himself. And, and you know, who knows if Iowa would have made the second weekend. I think this was the type of year where they had the team to do it. Mm-hmm. But I don't think anybody could have handled Buka Garza. I don't think any opponent is going in there going, I, they don't know what to expect. You know, the Big Ten teams do, and they still couldn't stop him. And, the, and this was a really deep league. So I can't imagine that somebody from a different league is going to go, you know, you're not going to stop that freight train because he's just so good in so many different areas. So he could have done something. Yeah, Iowa might have been able to make it to Saturday at minimum at the Big Ten tournament. You know, certainly you think they have a good chance of beating Minnesota and then getting a battle royale with Illinois, getting to that second weekend for the first time since 99. All those things that were there for the taking is just poof, it's gone. I was uh, thinking yesterday, I was playing Uno with my four-year-old daughter. We uh, had some cake baking show on in the background. It was 5 o'clock. I I mean, it would have been locked into CBS, getting ready to know where Iowa was going. If you and I was able to find their way in the back door and get into the NCAA tournament, where guys like you would be traveling and, and people on the Iowa beat and everything else that happens when you get into the NCAA tournament, and it was... It was just a blip. I, I happened to take a look at the clock at that time, knowing where I'd normally be and just how quickly our world has changed here in the last week. Yeah, you're right. And and, and I wrote a piece just kind of what might have been and and uh, the 5 o'clock thing. You know, it really hit me, you know, throughout the course of the day because you just have that nervous energy on mm-hmm. Selection Sunday. Yeah. And if your team is, you know, the team you cover, the team you watch, the team you like, all teams for that matter, the bracket watch, you're just really excited to see what's going to happen. And then everybody huddled together and you're writing it down. And I mean, I've been writing that, that list down for since the mid eighties. <laughs> so this is something you've always, I always look forward to. And, 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 but for me, you know, as a, as a journalist or as an observer or whatever fan, it's different. If you're a player, you've worked your butt off all year long, all summer long, all those workouts to get to that point. And to have that ripped from you, I, I don't know what to, to say to those those people. I mean, it's one thing to lose. I've seen some really tough losses for athletes over the years. It's another thing to have it taken away from you, and, and it's it's nobody's fault. I mean, this is a, a horrendous situation, you know, that's going to impact lives throughout our country, and that already has throughout the world. So it's not anybody's fault. It's just really tough. And then I, then you spill it over into the spring sports. Uh, you know, one, one team that I kind of looked up a little bit about was, was the softball team in Iowa. Mm. And they'd really fallen apart for the last, you know, better part of 10 years. And then, uh, you know, Renee Gillespie, uh, you know, had them 17-5. and five. Last year they won 19 games. Um, this was a team that was fi- was starting to kind of re- revive itself in a program. It, it doesn't have that chance. Iowa baseball was 10-5. and five. They, they swept Kansas in a two-game set last week. That's it. It's over. Uh, you had a discus player, a discus thrower, who won the national title, and and she doesn't have the chance to to reclaim it. The the track team, uh, you know, won the Big Ten title last year, and the men's track team, and it doesn't have a chance to to compete for that again. You know, so all these stories for each and every athlete, you know, person associated with it, coach, uh, all of it is just gone, and it's just it's really hard to reconcile right now. 
Doc, I had a question for you, and I figured you'd be the one that'd be able to get to the bottom of it. Certainly not now, but maybe this is a story idea for you uh, going forward as you're going to be looking for content as we all are. But it deals with NCAA tournament bonuses, where I believe Fran McCaffrey has one of those inside of those, how those are going to be handed out, what schools, not just at the University of Iowa, but across the country, what they're going to do with things like that, and what coaches, what they should do with things like that. That, That's also going to be impactful here, because I'll tell you, it'd be a bad look if all of a sudden I open up the uh, athletic app and I'm reading an article about Fran McCaffrey getting a bunch of money here. It'd be a bad look, I think, overall for universities. Do you have any idea, or at least a theory, about how this is going to play out? I don't. Um, there, we do have a conversation this week with Gary Barta, probably via teleconference or something, mm-hmm. uh, that that will kind of uh, outline. I'm sure these will have some questions because, well, if you do think about it, though, I mean, Fran McCaffrey, uh, you know, has uh, earned an NCAA tournament berth. It was without question yep. Iowa was going to get there. Same thing with Lisa Bluter. Um, you know, now I don't know that you give them a bonus for reaching the Sweet 16 or the Elite Eight. But I think the NCAA tournament goes without saying, you know, I mean, you know, Tom Brands, uh, you know, his, his contracts, uh, another one, uh, I mean, you know, to, to, to win a national title is a big deal for, for him and for, uh, you know, the program. What is he going to get for that? And because and, that was not a guarantee, but they were certainly the favorite, you know. Right. So uh, I just think that there's a lot there that needs to be unpacked. And, and really it's, it's 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 premature in that that we don't know the the full depth of what's going to happen over the next few months because this could be uh, potentially devastating not only to our economy but but to life in general. Yeah, there's a, a lot of people out there certainly nervous about what the coming weeks and months are going to be and and I think uh, both of us among them, uh, Doc, as you're in the business of sports, well, there isn't sports going on right now. Same thing for me here and and the business side of it. It's just. It's that's going on right now, but I know people listening, they want a sense of normalcy. As your world is shaken up, you still look to sports to find some of that normalcy. People, they're locked in for their year subscription to The Athletic. They got the app, whatever it may be. What are you going to be working on? Do you have any ideas, anything you can throw out to us that we can be looking forward to in your articles at The Athletic? Yeah, we've got quite a bit, actually, we're still working on it. And some of it's a little non-traditional. I don't know that we're, you know, I don't want to break any news and say what we are but but we're going to have a very extensive series company-wide coming out in the next few weeks that i think we'll get a lot of people talking and, and it's it's kind of fun so i'm i'm looking forward to it i've already done some research on it um but you know beyond that you know there there are so many good stories to tell and whether it's uh you know on, at any kind of platform you know we we have a an access to an archive that's you know, a century old of, of great stories involving every team you, you have here. And, you know, whether it's interviewing some of these people or, you know, just what have you, I, I, I think that's, this is the time to any of those stories that we've talked about doing in the past yeah. time to bring them out because you have the time to do it. So I'm working on a few um, and, you know, to, you know, you get, I, later this week, you know, we have a mailbag still coming out, you know, recruiting and, you know, story you have and, and then there's some others that I'm working on. So I think we'll have some good stuff. Well, it's a great drinking game listening to the On Iowa podcast with you and Morehouse about anytime you guys say, well, that we'll save that for the summer. Well, the summer, for all intents and purposes, at least in our industry, it is here now. It's time to build those ones out. 
Yeah, the whole other con- uh, other podcast <laughs> concept is, you know, Mark's always talked about the horse latitude of yes. <laughs> the summer, you know, and there's nothing to really talk about. It's just kind of you're looking out across the ocean. Well, uh, it's probably time to dig those up, you know, but we do have to see, you know, we have to be careful about, you know, who travels where and does what. But, yeah, it, it might be that time. I, somebody asked me about that last week. I said, well, let's, let's lay off that. It might be a little crass if we start talking about it right now. But but I would guess, you know, in a week or so, as you mentioned, people are going to be clamoring for something sports to talk about and, and listen to and, and just, just kind of forget about this because we're all holed up and it's crazy. But I did a great podcast with Andy Staples yesterday and we talked about beer and we talked about <laughs> Alex Karras and, and some other things. So uh, I, I think there's there's still some fun content out there. Well, I'll be looking forward to that as I'll be looking into listen to a bunch of different things. I'll find the podcast and we'll talk again soon. Doc, thanks as always. The Athletic has the article about Iowa sports in general here. The empty day for Iowa. What might have been? Doc, as always, thanks for your time. Thanks so much, Trent. Have a good day. Scott Dockerman from The Athletic joining us here as he does normally on Mondays. We'll see if that'll continue here throughout the coming weeks and months as it is a very fluid situation. Speaking of fluid situations, the NFL says the April draft is still on will, of course, be closed to the public, but they will still hold their draft as scheduled coming up here in a little over a month on April 23rd through the 25th. Public events are going to be taken off the board in Vegas, but still going to happen in a statement from Roger Goodell. So the NFL draft is still on. Free agency continues on today, and that'll be certainly the biggest story here in the uh, world of sports, a news item, newsy type of item. That we'll have. We'll get a little bit more here later in the program. Quick timeout coming back on the other side with more. 515 284 5966. If you've got anything you want to drop, you can certainly do that here as we come back with more on the other side. It's Miller and Condon. Chuck Cotto coming back with you, putting a cap on hour number one. Hand her down, sneaking in behind me. What's up, baby? Uh, wild, wild, uh, certainly weekend as we are back at it. Ken Miller, he will be back later in the program today. He was with me for the first segment, but Ken, he is going to be hanging out at home, self-quarantining for Ken here in the next couple of weeks and certainly understand that. It's scary. Right now, my, my mom and my stepdad are making their way back from Mexico. And when they went there a week ago, there was not the hysteria that is out there right now they're going to be coming back into the country from i think they were in cancun terrible son that i am i'm not even sure exactly what part of the country that they're in in fact i i'd forgotten about it and that's how out of sight and out of mind it was for me but they're coming back in and seeing the pictures from o'hare that i saw yesterday and people coming back from international flights and what that's going to be and they're older they're in their 60s and you know what that is. I completely understand, Ken, as even as earlier, three weeks ago, four weeks ago, I was laughing at him at times and just how scared he was about it. Now I get it. I, I completely get it. And I think a lot of people are learning just about the severity of all of this. We're coming back with the 11 o'clock hour. Rob Doster from NBCSports.com is going to be my first guest. We'll talk college basketball, what could have been for the NCAA tournament how it was going to shake out, and how about Patino? Back to college basketball. Plenty to get into with Rob Doster. Also Alex Halstead going to join us from Iowa State. We'll talk Cyclones with him. 
at CycleAndAlert.com. And Ken back with us late in the program. All to come, Hour 2.